0: What up, everybody?
1: And welcome to Love and Grit. I'm Laia. I'm Justin.
0: And I'm Rachel. This week's episode introduces you to two Philadelphians who are essential to hip hop. First, we speak to the woman who put Philly on the map, a.k.a Lady B. Then we go new school to the MC making sure we stay there, a.k.a Bree Steves. This is going to be one for the history books, y'all. You want to make sure you take a listen. But first, A game of Philly faves. And today's topic is,
2: Rachel, your favorite late night spots. I'll kick us off. I'm definitely gonna say I have a lot of good memories and the food is good and the margaritas, mm, 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 dos segundos, Mm. and Northern Liberties. Cantina Mm. Dos Segundos. Oh Mm -hmm. my goodness. And the tacos are yummy. There have been plenty of times after concerts or just hanging out. I've been there with friends and my sisters. So that's definitely my spot. What you got, Laya? Okay, so I'm going to keep it
0: funky and and keep it in in history. Okay. Because we're keeping it hip hop with a lot of dope hip hop artists and a lot of artists performing. Yes, I'm talking about the ultimate late night spot where you got a club on the one side and a restaurant on the other side, Silk City.
2: Yeah, yes. The place
0: where Kendra shot far away and the place where at uh, 12 o'clock in the morning, you can get the ultimate
2: salmon fried rice. Uh-huh. That's, That's a baby. good one. That's yeah. a good one. All right, yeah. Jay, what you got? What you got, Justin?
1: Wawa. Come on. The best. I used to go there at 2.55 in the morning on my way to work at 3 o'clock in the morning when I was doing morning TV. And uh, there was always people there who were getting late night eats. They were... Early morning for me, but whatever. Wawa's king.
2: Justin would say
0: Wawa. He, he would. That's it's a, a choice. It's the ultimate, and he got more locations. So I, I roll with you on that. Justin. Right? I'm not <laughs> mad at you. I'm not <laughs> mad at you. <laughs> All right, let's get into it listen there is no conversation about the history of Philly and hip-hop without lady B period fast
1: like clap your hands, everybody,
3: everybody clap your hands.
0: not only was she the first female MC who repped the city she was also the first radio DJ to play the genre 40 years later she continues to celebrate hip-hop and its roots via her daily radio show and one of the biggest annual events in the city lady B's basement party
3: to the beach, y'all. check it out y'all. Don't stop, don't stop. It is an honor to welcome Lady B to the show. This will be my 40th anniversary on the radio. That is incredible. I marked my anniversary on the first paycheck I got from radio. Not the years I did for free. (laughs) So
0: B, this is going to be a real hard interview because Love and Grit is usually like, it's it's, it's a 30-minute situation. But you are a Philadelphia icon. And I always feel like your story is never fully told like it should be. Exactly. But I do want to ask you something from the beginning because I do want to ask you about your introduction in the hip hop because you are the woman who most people cite as bringing hip hop to Philadelphia airwaves.
3: It goes deeper than that, and I and I get sometimes I feel it's a little sexist, Laia, because if I had been a man, uh-huh. it would have given me way more accolades than than I received and that. more money. And yeah. I try to remain humble about it all, but I'm tired of being pigeonholed as. Well, number one, to be the first female on wax is an honor in itself. I'm in a right. Guinness Book of World Records for that accomplishment. Let it, let's say, say
0: that again slower. She is the first female on wax. My bad.
3: That is correct. Okay. Yeah, because there were the Mercedes ladies. There was Pebbly poo There was Shy Rock ahead of me, but they didn't get a record deal. They were already up in New York doing their thing. But yeah, I'm the first one on wax. And that is noted in history. But... When it says, I'm the first one who brought hip-hop to Philadelphia, that is just so minute compared to what I did for the genre. Kid and Play, play of Kid and Play, just recently did an interview, and he was talking about the legacy of the hip-hop genre, and... You know, a lot of people give that credit to bringing hip hop to the radio to Mr. Magic. May he rest in peace. He was my one of my dear friends, but I am the first one to ever play hip hop music on FM radio. And that touched a mass of people across the globe. Hip hop was just forbidden to be played on the radio. And after the success of my AM show, people had to step back and realize that this was a art form that wasn't going anywhere anytime soon. And I am responsible for breaking most of the old school hip hop artists, everybody from Curtis Blow to Run DMC to our very own Will Smith to Public Enemy, the LL Cool J's. I am the one who brought those people to the masses. And, you know, it's funny, people in Philadelphia always laugh because you have to understand, I was a nervous little girl just starting on radio and and bringing this new music that all of our neighborhoods were rocking out to. Because of my nervousness, I was talking real fast and all the time. And people would get mad because they didn't have any other avenue to get their hip hop. So they wanted to tape it on our boom boxes with our cassettes. So um, they would be like, B, I want to get the intro to the song. Shut up. (laughs) So I actually had to, like, if you asked a Beanie Siegel, or any other true, or Jill Scott, they appreciated the fact that I said, start your tapes now, and then I would shut up and let everybody get their hip hop fixed for the week, if you will, because I That's the now. best
1: DJ story I've ever heard. Because yes, we all exactly. did that, like, fingers on play and record, waiting till the DJ, I actually did some talk ups in my time. It's a goal of people to hit that post, like stop talking right before the singer starts. So you were like being, amazingly Mm -hmm. cordial to these
0: people. Do you remember the first moment that you decided, I'm going to put this record on and I'm going to put this specific
3: record on because? Okay, so first of all, let's talk about how I befriended World Be Free. He was a basketball player for the Sixers. I used to go up to New York and hang out with him and his friends. And that's where I got introduced to hip hop music. I came back to Philadelphia and there was a DJ at a local club. His name was Lawrence LeVon. May he rest in peace. He would allow me to come into the DJ booth and bust these rhymes over his breakbeats. And then, you know, long story short, a DJ here in Philadelphia who was on WDAS, Dr. Perry Johnson, approached me and asked me to do a hip hop song. And I remember being so tickled by that. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, all that stuff that you do in the club, we want to put it on wax like the Sugar Hill Gang. But, uh, but you were songs. waiting I- tables there, right? I was. I was serving drinks. So you were like getting on the mic. I literally had my tray in my hand with your drinks on it, would sit my tray down, run into the DJ booth, bust a couple rhymes, come back and serve you your drinks. Yes, I did. (laughs) I love that. But in answer to your question, Laia, we always talk about digging in the crates, plural. And I remember when I started playing hip hop music on the radio, there was only one crate. There weren't crates, plural, there weren't that many songs out. So I would say that the first song that I heard that I wanted to play was probably like anything that was on Sugar Hill or Enjoy Records or all these great independent labels that started to press up their music and put it out. I was the gateway to you getting airplay in any other city. A lot of folks will tell you if Lady B didn't touch it, then it wasn't a hit.
0: And you continue to have these relationships and continue these relationships. What does it feel like, you know, being 40 years in the game and still and these relationships that you've you've grown for the last 40 years that you still have?
3: First of all, God is good that we're all here especially me 40 years later, it has been quite a journey. I still love all my old school brothers. I just, I love telling the stories and laughing about when we were broke, all the battles and the break dancing and and the bravado of representing our neighborhoods. And I think that's something that people, I don't know, sweep under the rug when it comes to hip hop, but it actually started as a mechanism to stop violence. In our neighborhoods, it was a way of us putting down guns and knives and stop gang warring and representing for our hood with a microphone and a set of turntables. What a better outcome.
1: You could use some we, more we, of that now.
3: We could. We really could. But, you know, I hate to sound like a dinosaur, but in a lot of ways, I don't like the technology. I don't like the hatred and the jealousy that comes out of all of this technology and social media. And it's not a good look. And I think people who have a platform like myself should reiterate that you can battle with someone and then go hang out with them at the club that very night. It wasn't that deep. I think they have taken it way too personal. And I think a lot of them need to get some thicker skin or stay off of social media, because if you can't take criticism, see myself, a lot of people don't say too many bad things about me because they know that my response is, I really don't give a damn about how you feel. So... (laughs) therefore it's not even necessary to come for lady b because i'll give you like and what how you that's a queen right there yeah i always say how you feel about me is none of my business i you know like to each his own how you feel about me is none of my
0: business
1: how did you become so focused
3: women weren't doing what you were doing so how did you even think of doing it did it just happen I wanted a job before I went off to school. I had plans of going to Howard University and becoming a lawyer, that was my dream. Mm -hmm. And then hip hop came along and I wanted a job and I got a job at this AM station being a music director. And when asked what did the job entail, they said you have to listen to records and determine which ones were good or bad. And so we could play them on the radio. I'm like, Hey, I can handle that. Not a problem. But then hip hop started to grow. Like I said, that one crate of records began to grow and grow. And I literally had to beg and plead the owner and my program directors at the radio station to allow me to play this uh, genre of music. And that it just snowballed. Next thing I know being asked to be on FM and had the highest ratings, broke records for the high ratings on the radio with this thing called hip hop. And, Here we are 40 years later. Well, I would be remiss if I didn't shout out to Mimi Brown and the Mary Masons and to all the sisters that opened up a door for me and allowed me to do what I'm doing today. Because without them, my sister, may she rest in peace to all those women who taught me to put my shoulders back and hold my head high. Just want to send them some love.
0: Yo. if anything doesn't speak to who you are in your relationships, it's your basement party. The big show that you do usually uh. every year, because if anybody has any doubts of Lady being what she
3: brings to people's lives, then it reflects in the, the lineup. Let's go back to the first one I, I ever did. Yes, yes. 10 years oh, ago. Sure. It was my 30th. I have to talk about that one because it was monumental. Number one. Will Smith came home to surprise me and I we saw the Will video. Had, Unbelievable. Will had more fun than I did at the concert. So I had Public Enemy, Salt and Pepper, Dougie Fresh, Big Daddy Kane, BBD. But the craziest part is it's an outdoor venue and the rain started. I mean, pouring, mm. poured. And I remember looking at the mayor of Philadelphia saying, Mayor Nutter, can I cancel this and can you give me another date? This is not fair. These people have paid their money. And the next thing I know, 8000 umbrellas went up and people didn't leave and they oh had God. the best time of their lives salt and pepper couldn't believe it they were like philadelphia is gangster they're not leaving for b for me it b. was crazy
0: because they know you know how to find them at their houses, so they better stay there.
3: <laughs> yeah, it was mad crazy. So since then, fast forward, this August the 15th will be my 40th anniversary and my 10th year of doing this concert. And I've pulled out some of my favorites, like Big Daddy Kane and my girl Roxanne Shante EPMD, Nice and Smooth, Philadelphia's Own Tough Crew, Kumo D., The Sugar Hill Gang and the Furious Five. But I think the Mm -hmm. thing that I'm most excited about, and anybody from old school Philadelphia hip-hop will tell you that The Maestro by R.C. LaRock was a major hit here in Philadelphia. Yes. I don't know if you if you guys are old enough, but it was like everybody around the nation, I'm going to give you some inspiration. Well, he will be in the building and I'm sure Philadelphia is going to lose their whole mind Sunday night, August the 15th. I think I'm more excited about his performance than anything because It's the crowd. Like back at the 30th, I remember Will being so mad that he couldn't go out in the audience. And I also remember my stylist and my makeup artist being furious with me because when I saw 8,000 people getting their party on in the rain, I had to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. So there goes my makeup. There goes my clothes because I ran out in the audience with my folks and we got it in. I was out there with strangers. I push it real good. Uh, (laughs) uh, 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 It was It was a it was a night to remember and God willing, the 15th of August will be the same. Yeah. Where do you hold it? What's the venue? Oh, the the venue is the Dell Music Center. Now, know this. I want to say something about my anniversary because people are so money hungry. People have offered different venues as this concert has gotten more popular and it sells out every year. I won't say any names, but other venues and other promoters have asked me to come on their side and have it at a bigger place and blah, blah, blah. And the reason I won't do that is because I want every average Joe who doesn't have a lot of money to be able to afford to come to this thing. And you can actually buy a lawn seat at the Dell for twenty five dollars. And if you don't make it inside the venue, because it's outside in the middle of the park. Set every, up your lawn chair. Every year, people set up grills and those lawn chairs, That's and the they grill. still get to participate in the iconic night of hip-hop. And I will you never... On somebody's
0: porch on Ridge. I was about to say, oh, okay. it's, your yes. own, it's your own little exactly. tailgate party. It is. Yes. It
3: is. Yes. I show up. My, my concert starts at 7. I show up to the venue at 3.30, and the park's already crowded. So that tells you right there, just... What a staple it's become in the city of Philadelphia. And I'm just That's so stoked year. and so proud and just so flattered that um I can pull this thing off, man. Shout out to Platinum Productions. These are the brothers who help me do this every year. It's just been
1: amazing to meet you because <laughs> oh. it's so impressive. Like what an impressive oh, body you. of work. And you still be able to talk about making sure people can afford to access this. entertainment. Oh, fast
3: forward, I am not the hip hop girl who wants to, you know, uh, just go to the parties. I am definitely an activist in my community, a lover of my people. This past year during this pandemic, just helping one another and, and looking out for those who didn't have food and lost their jobs out of nowhere and their lives were literally turned upside down. Uh, Yeah, I was so glad that God blessed me to be in this place in this time to help people out. And I remember when the pandemic, when the lockdown first started, I got every hip hop friend I could find to get on the radio. We called it the COVID-19 check-in. And it was just so that, Will and Kane and Chuck D and everybody could tell folks what they were going through and how we can get through this together and how to hold on and stay steadfast and look out for one another and just be neighborly and loving. And God knows on top of the pandemic, we had that iconic election and I was so stoked about getting people to get out there and exercise their right to vote. So the place that I'm in now is, I'm going to say this on stage. I'm going to try not to cry, but I do get a little lump in my throat when I think about just how blessed I am and how blessed we all are. And the fact that I'm still, you know, people grow out of things, Mm. but I don't think I'll ever grow out of hip hop. It's funny. I was telling Laia that I'm having all these old aches and pains, but If I hear brand-new funk, I don't give a damn how bad my leg feels. I have to jump up and start dancing. It is still in my blood. It's still in my spirit. And to be able to still play it and give people valuable information and give back to my community all wrapped up in the one ball, it is truly serendipity where I am right now.
0: Understand that you are a gift to this city, that you are a gift to this genre. And I apologize to you because we started out this interview saying that you know you were the first woman to play hip hop and, and you are so right. People have to be reminded that you are not just a Philadelphia icon, you are a hip hop icon. And so I want to thank you for that. I am I'm, a I I'm am a brick t- in that brick layer that I they talk about. Talking about right. you. I'm not finished. <laughs> I'm a brick. Thank you. Uh, no, I'm not saying you're a brick. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I also want to say, I also want to say thank you for being the community leader that you are and i just want to speak for all the people in radio who look to you as that person who want to be just as close and have that bond and have the community love because they want to the community to feel the love that they give like everything that you are is what we wanted to be and i thank you and i thank you for passing that to me as well because don't think that this is not you too this you are in here and i appreciate it
3: let me tell you you i am in there to the point where i've been so proud of this sister for being exactly who she is. The thing I love about I'm going to say it anyway. I don't care if it's my interview. Something I always say to Laiya is that she is 100 yes. percent herself. And yeah, I love that about her.
0: As do I. I'm watching you. That's,
3: That's why we love her. I just said we love Laiya. So I mean, <laughs> I love you all you guys of y'all. Y'all <laughs> are, y'all both are so, so genuine. genuine.
2: and personable. Like that's the part I love. I think Laia said it best. You represent Philly and you represent so much as far as just females and helping each other out and opening doors and you're the love and grit. You embody that.
3: Love and grit. Love and grit is putting your ego aside. Love and grit is digging deep in your soul to find the best in you that you could possibly find and share it with everyone around you. Don't be frightened. Don't be scared as they say down south. <laughs> be you, be the best you can be and not worry about what anyone else thinks about it. Just continue to be you. Love and love from your soul and your spirit and, and care for your fellow man and be humble. north, east, south, let you be from the rock, the best to be. The DJ's, B, lady B. As you know, I will rock you on your stereo I'm
2: no vocal, no I want more mouth than I totally so To the Whew, Okay, hers new fire potato chips and cheese curls They are spicy They're hottest snacks yet, hold on Whew, But you know, it's not just heat There's some nice sweet and savory stuff going on too Ooh, there's that heat again It burns, but it burns so tasty. Ooh, that's hot. Find Her's Fire Snacks at your store today. Taste the flavor, feel the heat, break out the Her's.
0: They say I'm not a queen because I walk like that and I talk like this. I don't hope that. So, you need to know that Bree Steve's got next. She's already put in the work. This Temple University grad and Philly MC, and singer when she feels like it, has put in her time as an up and coming MC from open mics and shows around town to stages all around the world, opening up for artists such as, you know, her. Mary J. Blige, Pharrell, oh, and, and her mentor, Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> yes, she is a proud sister and a whole woman not afraid to share all of her sides. And finally, we get to hear it all in her debut album that comes out July 30th. I just need to fan
2: out for a moment. The video oh. was so fun. <laughs> it's our queen. Yeah. You recognize so many women within the video. Do you have a mentor or someone that you look up to or helped you throughout your career? It's funny
0: because the one that I was really excited to portray was Missy. So I had met Missy before. Okay, Um, she's phenomenal. And I know that starting off, especially with my own journey, rapping, singing, wanting to be the jack of all trades, engineering, producing. I looked up to Missy primarily. She can do everything like she made sure to make herself so good that she walked in the rooms and people had to respect her. And that's really what I modeled myself after. So getting to play her an anti-queen. And then she gave me my credit when it was due. She like gave me a whole shout out on Good Morning America. So it kind of just touched me on a whole different level to see that kind of recognition from somebody that I looked up to for so long.
2: When you talked about performing, writing, engineering, producing, how were you able to learn more about that? Or did you do that in school? Because I know you attended Temple, correct? Yeah. So I really got my start at
0: Temple. So around my junior year of college is when I got started. I was interning down at South Philly White Room Studios. So around this time, I'm taking like six classes a day. Not too long after that, I spent maybe like the three grand I had saved up for my first car. I spent it all on my music equipment. So I'm talking my mic, my interface, my speakers, my billboard subscription, you name it. And I started recording myself in the house. Okay. So everything was music at this time. I'm going down to city hall trying to get over my fear of singing just to get better and really playing with my voice and rapping and singing. So that was really when I started to teach myself self-taught in the house. I was on Carlisle and Oxford, getting it in every day.
2: So what age were you when either you had a, a real interest in the music industry or that you realized, oh, I got some talent So you know what? It's
0: always kind of been in me. I've always had a love and a passion for music for as long as I can remember. But in terms of really taking that step, like this is going to be my life, that hit me like my junior year of college because I'd always been recording in studios. I'd always been releasing songs on SoundCloud. But in terms of that year when I bought my equipment and was like, yo, you know what? I'm not giving myself no other option if I'm not recording in a house I'm at the studio interning down there, just trying to learn how everything works. If I'm not doing that, I'm in class, obviously. But while I'm walking to class, I got my headphones in and I'm, I'm writing down songs. So yeah. I can go back in the house and record. So everything was music my whole life. So that I was when that. I decided I'm going to do music one way, one how. And lo and behold, and I got with my team, Star Island. And man, a whirlwind. I ended up sitting with Craig Kalman and Julie at Atlantic Records and they ended up signing me and not letting me leave the building. So it's like off of songs that I recorded in the bedroom. That's amazing. It's manifestation.
1: People are talking about that a lot more. If you say things are going to happen and believe they're going to happen, they do. And it's just really interesting because I think it's Mm -hmm. like a mindset Mm -hmm. that's been adopted by younger people like you, especially. It's amazing to watch people break through.
2: Yeah, it really worked for me. What was that like for you in Philly, like as far as networking or just doors opening up or mingling with other artists and like-minded folks? What does that seem like in Philadelphia?
0: A lot of it was based around me being at Temple. So I was doing like coasting. It was really like word of mouth. You just network across. So I was performing at Voltage Lounge or TLA just through somebody that heard I was dope or somebody that saw me online or saw me down at City Hall or met me through somebody else like it really was just networking across me even getting with star island man they just had an open slot on this venue this show that they put on every year for um all the executives and i just so happened to get in there from word of mouth so it was really just putting that hustle and putting that grind in to get other people to notice me growing up in east falls going to temple and all that stuff i wanted you to talk about i always think it's kind of cool just the way philly moves in a way and you were talking about me your management with star island and whatnot yeah. but if Restees wasn't from Philly, how would this have not how, just tell because you are from Philly, how things kinda clicked in a magical way? It's funny because Me being in the right place at the right time was how I got to the opportunities that I did. Like if I wasn't in Philly and I wasn't putting that work in, how would I have met Star Island? How would I have got to Donnie and Chase? I got an open slot on an event that they were putting on for executives every year. Somebody just happened to not do it, that one opening slot. And I came and I met them like, yo, man, I got a mic. I got my DJ. I just want a shot. I sell my tickets, just put me on. It's literally like manifestation and being in the right place at the right time.
1: Why was Philly the right place?
0: Honestly, Philly was, I really got to like grow my artistry while I was at Temple. I'm in the house recording every day, trying to get better while I'm going to class, meeting everybody at Temple. It made me like, you know what? These are my peers. I'm making music for who? I'm making songs for women that are like me. I'm making songs for people that go to school, just like me. What do I want to talk about? How do I want to rap? How do I want my friends to hear this? When we're all going out and we're going out to the club, like, what do I want that to sound like? Deanna Williams was a big champion in my corner for a long time. Even me being at Temple, I remember before I got my deal, she wanted to coach me through, like, yo this is the place, this is the journey that you're going to get to. Like me being at silk city, me being at CLA, me being at voltage lounge.
1: i really at the end of the day, it's like you could have all the talent in the world or be like the most gorgeous person ever or have all of those things. But mm-hmm. if you don't have people to like lift you up. Right. And it's not just like executives. It's got to be people on the, <laughs> on the daily basis, too.
0: Exactly. Because somebody had to put me on that event for Silk City. Somebody mm-hmm. had to like me enough. Somebody had to think, you know what? She's been putting in enough work to even be on this bill. Even me being at CLA and I opened up for free race, like somebody had to like me enough to say, yo, she deserves the shot. And that really is a lot of groundwork that you have to do in the city, period. Everybody got to put in that same work. And then it's ill. You put your groundwork in, in the city. And then like, I was looking at a picture of you at the BET Awards and I was like, So what does it feel like for Brie to not only, first of all, be at the BET Awards, but also to be at the BET Awards and at least five people from Philly that, you know, that are also doing amazing things? Because I know you did. Being at the BET Awards this year was super special for me because, one, I had the BET nomination. So for the her award for anti-queen was nominated. Thank you that was a crazy experience because one, you know, the cameras is on you just in case you get you win a nomination. So you got to have your speech ready and all that. But just getting that recognition, especially on a platform like BET Mm -hmm. to be there and be celebrated from somebody that's coming from Philly where I'm just making songs in my bedroom. You know what I mean? I'm just doing it from the heart. And this is where this is my diary. This is my life. So to see that actually get put up on stage in front of celebrities that I admire in front of people that are from Philly, we all here doing our thing. It was like, yo, it was a I can't believe I'm here, but I'm trying to like contain my excitement and just trying to enjoy the moment.
1: How do you build on that? Like, what is the next brass ring for
0: album? Yes. July 30th. The album is coming out. It's been a long time coming. So I'm finally ready to give people this music and really let them sit with it. It's called to be H, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have some amazing tracks on there. I got a single with Guap that that's coming out. We just shot that. I'm ready to start touring. I'm ready to start connecting with my fans again. One thing that's been super important for me from the beginning is that let's focus on the music and the art. Let's focus on the quality. Like, yes, I'm a woman. I love being a woman. However, I don't want to make that the reason of why my success happens. You know what I mean? Like, I want to get into these roles because people respect my craft and they respect my art and they respect me. And they're like, you know what? She put in a bunch of work. She got to be here. So it's not about sexiness. It's not about who did I talk to or who did I date or you know what I mean? It's literally about the art and that's what I always wanted it to be about. I love love that. You you better Deanna Williams that the way that she just told us, don't be asking me about my status. I love that. Ah! (laughs) So this episode is hip hop, Philly hip hop all day. And we just happen to be focusing on two females, right? Yes. Two queens, two 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 queens. queens, the queens. Yes. Our second guest is Lady B. Can you tell It's the world with Lady B is a legendary, legendary, legend, radio personality, rep, you name it. I'm humbled to even be in the same conversation right now on the same show as her. I didn't expect this. This is candid. They caught me off guard. I love you. I just giving you your flowers.
1: Can you describe as an artist in Philadelphia what she did 40 years ago, how that got you to where you are now?
0: In terms of my journey, I always look up to the queens that came before me. I wouldn't have the opportunities that I would have if there wasn't somebody else paving the way before me. When you add Lady B into that conversation, that's a legendary Philly rep as is. So it's like I wouldn't be able to be me without her. You get what I'm saying? hmm I'm just kinda like humble right now. Y'all ain't telling me that this is gonna be me and Lady B. I mean I I didn't I should have uh. worn something different. <laughs> I should, I- the great know. thing
1: is it's all in your ears. So you can tell people <laughs> what you're wearing right now. We don't have to tell them that's if okay. it's the truth or not.
0: hear that feeling and I want everybody to understand that's what Lady B
1: means. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell everybody don't where they, they can them. follow you and how they can get your album.
0: So, everybody can follow me at Greasties, B R I S T E V E S. That's on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you name it. And the album is going to drop everywhere on. July thirtieth. It's gonna be on all sharing platforms. I'm not that hard to find, so you can always go to my socials and you can get it. He ain't stopping me. She ain't stopping me. You ain't stopping me.
2: I ain't stopping me. All of my comments, know they be watching me.
0: Yo, Rach, I feel like we really wrecked the ladies hard today, right?
2: I love it and giving everyone their flowers and just fortieth anniversaries. Yeah. And- And can we talk about the style? Like, oh my goodness. Brie, I I love all of her clothes. Her whole persona is just- I love both of uh, her
0: personas. How about that? How about she got two personas and I rep both of them and I love that. Right? Yes, it's the queen thing. Anyway, I'm just, yes. I love that we kind of brought the generations together. So big ups to Lady B and Bree
1: C's. Absolutely. Hey, check out our new Instagram. It's at lovegritphilly. And you can see some of the great things going on right now and coming up. And follow along at lovegritphilly on Instagram. And please review and rate us wherever you listen to us. So more people can know how great Philly is. It's been a great episode. Always. We'll talk to you next time. Thank y'all.
0: They say I'm not a queen because I walk like that.